and this is Danielle Harris, and you are listening to Rock Video Rental. Welcome everybody to Rock Video Rental. We are starting our Halloween series review with the first one from 1978 directed by John Carpenter. Uh, We actually reviewed this last year and this year we decided, you know, let's just do the whole series since we did the Friday 13th series last year. We might as well just kick it back to the one that kind of started it all. Um, And a plot for this one is 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois, to kill again. Uh, the cast is Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis, Nancy Keys as Annie, PJ Souls as Linda, and Charles Cyphers as Sheriff Brackett. So, was this like the second time you've seen this movie? Yep, <laughs> second time I've seen it. Um, it was uh it was honestly i mean i i enjoyed it i had a positive reaction the first time watched it you know still had a good time with it but it was kind of i don't know like i feel like i had a a little bit of a unique experience with it because so the first time you watched it did you did you know about the whole hype around the series and everything at that time or was it still kind of early on didn't really because some of them didn't come out <laughs> until after I watched the first one. So were you um, like I just really realized, excited? I just realized today that the first time I saw this movie was on my 12th birthday. Okay. Um, and I had some friends over and, you know, my birthday is the day after Halloween. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could have been like, I don't know, October 30th or something like that. Whatever, like was a Friday night or a Saturday night. But uh, we just kind of had like a sleepover, played video games and watched scary movies. Uh, And my mom went to Walmart and bought some movies for us to watch. And this was when I first started getting into scary movies. And I was like super into I Know What You Did Last Summer. So I think that one came out in like 1997. So I was, yeah, it it was probably my 12th birthday was the first time I watched it. And I thought it was boring and I didn't like it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I think I might still have that VHS. I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, you know, to go from watching I Know What You Did Last Summer to watching this, I can kind of understand that for like a young preteen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, going from a uh, scary movie in the mid 90s to the late 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think at this time, I might have already seen Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. So, and I remember liking those. Uh, this one, I I thought was overrated as a kid, and I, was, I thought it was boring. And I can't even remember, like, I went a long time without watching it again. And it wasn't until years later that I watched it a few more times, and I ended up really enjoying it. And then, like, now I can kind of admit that it's better than pretty much any other slasher movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's not the first, but it's the one that kind of started the whole boom of, you know, 80s slashers. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for the success of this, Friday the 13th wouldn't exist. 
mm-hmm. which is you know one of my favorite franchises. So. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking that I, I still enjoyed it, but there was something unique about the first time I watched it because I knew there was hype around it. I, I, you know, we've talked about plenty. I knew how you felt about it and I, I understood its role as you've mentioned many times Mm -hmm. of its importance in the scary movie genre or slasher movie genre. And so I was looking forward to it and, you know, I knew the theme song, which out, uh, the theme music, which out, well, without having actually seen the movie. And so when that started at the beginning, I was, you know, super pumped. It got me really excited and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was a, it was a great experience watching it. The second time was still good, but I mean, you know how it goes. The first time you see something, the first time you experience, you know, whether you're playing a game or just like the first time experience with something is different than any other time. Yeah. So it was, it was, a, uh, that part was a little disappointing rewatching it and realizing that, you know, that experience is not going to happen again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, you know, like you asked if I knew about the hype around it at the time. Yeah. I mean, Halloween was a well-known movie even back then. So, you know, I knew a lot about it and I, it might've been the first one we watched that night when we watched it. So, you know, I kind of had that idea, but like I said, I thought it was, overrated the first time i saw it it's kind of funny because it kind of grew into one of my favorite movies um but you know usually with these reviews we get into like the you know scenes and stuff what happened and i can kind of give like a brief overview because you know we've done this before Mm -hmm. and i mean not many people haven't seen this movie and if you're listening to a review of it odds are you've seen it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh you know it starts off with um, a young boy murdering his sister, <laughs> and you know they find out his you know his name is Michael, and he gets taken to an insane asylum. And um, years later, he he breaks out, goes back to his hometown, and at the same time, his psychiatrist is chasing after him. Um, and he's kind of wacky too, <laughs> <laughs> so like in a completely different way, he just knows like how evil Michael is. And that he's trying to warn everybody and try to save everybody and take care of it before it gets out of hand. Uh, and, you know, Michael goes around and he's he kills a few people. There's only like five kills in this. Uh, I'll get to that later. Uh, and he starts stalking um, Laurie Strode, who is babysitting. And, the, you know, the original title for this was going to be Babysitter Murders. Oh, thank <laughs> which you. Is, no. Yeah, so you know the name Halloween was just perfect for it. Yeah, um, which is you know more of that I'll get into trivia, but you know it basically ends with you know her kind of fighting Michael off, Doctor Loomis showing showing up to save the day, and then we get that great cliffhanger at the end of the end of the movie with you know Doctor Loomis looks down, sees Michael in the grass, goes back to check on Lori, goes back to the balcony, and Michael's gone, mm-hmm. and then you can just like hear him breathing. So like you know he's still out there, was it was just like the perfect ending for this. Yeah. And well, we did Friday Thirteenth. We talked about how they pissed away every good ending they ever oh, had. Yes. And this movie does the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they knew how to end it. They knew what would be effective, and that's what they went with. And they knew ending one, ending two. Oh wait, there's another ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
with Friday thirteenth. Yeah. Jason comes out of the water and like pulls her in. Oh, and, oh now she wakes up at the hospital. <laughs> oh, and then another. It's a dream within a dream within. No, oh my gosh, yeah, it's a dreamception here. Um, but yeah, so you know, I've seen this movie more times than I can remember. So I, you know, I don't can't really ballpark it. But uh, I'm trying to think of things that maybe I didn't notice. Before, one thing that stood out to me the last couple times I've seen it is sometimes that Halloween theme is so loud that you can't hear the dialogue. Yeah, it definitely uh, can overpower the dialogue. Especially at the beginning of it where Lori is like talking to her dad. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't make out any of that. And I don't know if it was just the version I was watching because, you know, I didn't watch the Blu-ray. I have like the 40th anniversary Blu-ray that they came out with. Mm -hmm. So maybe like the audio is better than that. But I was watching it streaming. And yeah, it was just kind of hard to to pick up. Yeah. Um, and this time, I like tried super hard to try to find um, the palm trees in the background. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it's supposed to be in Illinois, and it's actually shot in California. Uh, kind of funny thing. Uh, kind of a, a quirky little thing with a low budget movie. Um, one of them was pretty obvious. There's a part where Laurie's talking to Sheriff Brackett. And you could see, like, over one of their shoulders is a palm tree, like, right in the yard of the house they're talking in front of. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, other ones are a little hard to pick up in the background. They did a pretty good job of hiding them. I did pick up on the uh, more greenery, even though it's supposed to be fall. Yeah. I, I picked up on that one. And, yeah, and I mean, the last time I mentioned that, you know, some of the leaves are painted brown. Yeah. To, you know, make it look like fall at the time. And them finding pumpkins was super difficult because, mm-hmm. you know, they're out of season. So, uh, you know, I mentioned there's five kills in this movie, uh, a possible six, but I'll get to that. So the first one is Judith Myers, which is Michael's sister gets stabbed nine uh, times. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, the, you I have, uh, did you, so when we were doing Friday the 13th, there was like a fandom page mm-hmm. and I found a fandom page for Halloween that does the same thing that, <laughs> list the kills and everything's and i laughed right before we started recording this because when i open it up it's like judith myers stabbed nine times in the chest <laughs> i was like dang yeah you think that's enough um the next one was the mechanic that he steals the jumpsuit from mm-hmm. he's killed off screen so we don't really know how he dies this says he was beaten to death okay bludgeoned or whatever yeah um, even though he had blood on his chest so i don't know how that happened from beating but um so then annie was strangled and then her throat was slit mm-hmm. um bob gets stabbed and stuck to the wall and then linda gets strangled to the phone cord um this and one actually lists the dog deaths too that that was the other one i was gonna say that the dog gets like bear hugged <laughs> yeah there's the that one, but then they also even because remember when they went back to the house and, and they there found was, a half-eaten dog. Yeah, yeah. So and they said it was warm, so it wasn't like he found a dead dog. He killed the dog. Yeah, maybe it was Muffin from Friday Thirteenth Part Three. <laughs> Muffin, who ends up being alive at the end of the movie. But um, <clears throat> yeah, anything else that you found interesting in it this time, or kind of just things to think about um i i did kind of uh make note that some of i mean it, it, by, by far it's not like a perfect movie i mean it's got some things that could have been a little bit different the the dialogue was kind of like the main thing with the 
the teenagers. Totally. Yeah. Was uh, I mean, you you pointed it out when we reviewed it last time, and I was like, oh, I didn't really catch that. But then this time, I was thinking about it, so I was just like, oh man, yeah, that's totally cheesy overboard. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't notice it the first couple times I saw it either, and then I saw someone do a review and mention that. I'm like, oh my gosh, it does say totally a lot in it. <laughs> it's so funny because it's kind of one of those, uh, um, like how I met your mother, when you realize something, it kind of shatters it for you. Yeah. And then your perception uh, shattered. Yeah. You just see it all the time. Yep. Can't ignore it now. That's what it was. Once you see it. <laughs> yeah. One thing that's kind of like that with me, I don't, okay. The kid, um, Tommy Doyle. Mm hmm. Does he make you think of anybody? No, maybe Ever? like Seth Green. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when I saw it, I was just like, is that Seth Green? And so I, I had to look it up. I honestly, The first time I watched it, I was honestly curious if it was Seth Green. I mean, I didn't <laughs> like put the t- together the time frame to even know if it'd be possible, but. I think he probably would have been really little then. Yeah. Because he was in some like mid 80s movies as like a young kid, like 10 years old. Okay. Uh, one of them I watched lately was. Um, Willy Millie, <laughs> which is about this girl named Millie who wakes up and she's a boy. <laughs> Bizarre. Um, only in the eighties. Something but... else that I did notice this time watching it around is like, at what point was Jamie Lee Curtis going to tell someone that there's some weirdo stalking her? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she was like. Well, because there's a couple times where she looks, and then she looks away, and then looks back, and he's gone. So I'm wondering if she just, like, you know, maybe thinks that she's just seeing things or being paranoid. Because there's a part where she, she's in the class and looks out and sees Michael standing there by the car. The teacher says something. She looks over and answers a question, then looks back out the window, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the scene where, you know, she's in her house and looks out, and Michael's standing there in the, the sheets that are hung out. Yeah, and then he's gone. Uh, and then also the famous scene where he's peeking around the hedge. Mm-hmm. Well, I where so, did he go? Where did he go uh, on that? Where did he come from? Where did he go? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it, well, if you put it in in order, and I think I have this right. If I don't, I apologize. I didn't write it down. But she saw him out outside the school, mm. and then she was walking home with her friends, and he was in the car. So yeah. maybe she didn't recognize the car. Maybe she couldn't see him in, well enough in the car to tell that it was the same guy. But then she, then they saw him when they were walking. Uh, so there's at least a second time. And then she saw him outside her window, mm-hmm. as you said. And so it's like, at what point do you start getting weirded out enough to at least mention it to somebody? Or for crying out loud, your friend's dad is the sheriff. Yeah, and he, she, she like bumps into him. Yeah, and has a conversation with him. Perfect opportunity. Yeah, he'd be like, "Hey, there's this weirdo in a mask," <laughs> and then you know that would have led to Doctor Loomis showing up and talking to Sheriff Brackett, and he'd have been like, "You know what? Laurie Strode said something to me about him." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a guy in a mask walking around. Apparently, it, you know, if she would have said something too, then he could have linked that back to, you know, the um, the hardware he, store. Yeah, the hardware store robbery. <laughs> Yeah. With a mask and some knives. Oh, man. But nope, she had to keep her mouth shut and get a bunch of people killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. 
Uh, is there anything else that you notice this time? Um, you know, there's the classic, uh, how did Michael know how to drive? Yeah. When he was a kid when he was put in that hospital. Um, and then how and, did he know how to get back? Yeah. That's... Is he like a dog that he just has a great <laughs> like sense of direction? I think that's the more, um, I think of the two, like understanding how to drive compared to knowing how to get back. I think the understanding how to drive. I think the knowing how to get back is more complex than driving because I don't know, the mechanics can be kind of basic. I mean, he was a young enough to have ridden in the car with his family, probably to understand Mm -hmm. the basics, but to know where to go with always being in a psych ward. Yeah. Um, the other thing though, that actually happens not long after that is the crazy, insane irony that, Dr. Loomis stops and uses a payphone right next to where he killed somebody. Right. <laughs> I didn't connect that the first time. Yeah, I didn't. I never thought of that either. That's hilarious. <laughs> that and the why didn't Lori just say something about being stalked? <laughs> the, the the only thing I could think of for that is that she just thought she was seeing things. Yeah, I mean, she she it wasn't so obvious where it's just like this is so stupid. Why did they do this? Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where it's, it's one of those slasher things where it's just like, they could have easily not had this happen. If said situation happened. Yeah. That makes sense. We um, still had the super awkward ghost under sheet scene. <laughs> that one will never be explained. Yeah. I was just going to say like, I, I don't, I think that might be one of the worst elements to the movie. In my opinion, Yeah, it kind of takes away from the mystique a little bit. Yeah, like it just... Where it would have been better if like um, there was just like a harsh light behind him and all she could see was just like a black shadow. Yeah. Moving in. And then like, then he comes into the light and she sees him and screams and then he just like attacks her. Mm -hmm. Probably would have been better, but... Or if, um, if she heard something in the hallway went out there and then he was just standing there. And as you said, there was a light behind him so she couldn't see who it was. Mm-hmm. And then she got closer and he attacked her or something like that. Yeah. That, that thing I think is, I might say the stain on this movie <laughs> is yeah. if they could have just done that in a different way, I feel like it would have just made it all that more refined. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to dive into the trivia portion now? Rock. Okay. So, I mentioned that the original script was titled The Babysitter Murders. Mm-hmm. Um, it had the events take place over a space of several days. Um, it was a budgetary decision to change the script to have everything happen on the same day. Um, so, it could you know reduce the number of costume changes and locations. Huh. And then it was decided that they would use Halloween, the scariest night of the year, which is a perfect night for it to happen. Oh, so they changed. So the original plan was just some random night, not Halloween. Yeah. And it was supposed to be over several days. Hmm. So they just did it one night so they could save money on costume and locations. Wow. They really lucked into this. Yeah, for sure. So half of the reported $300,000 budget was spent on Panavision cameras. So the film would have a uh, 2.35 by one scope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the Donald Pleasance was paid $20,000 for five days of work. That's a nice gig. 
Yeah, so 150,000 was used for the cameras. 20,000 was used for um, was used for Donald Pleasance himself. <laughs> and I think uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis was given like $10,000 for this. Oh, like nice. pretty much next to nothing. Well, um, half of half of what Loomis got. Yeah, it was right around that. So the stabbing sound effect from the beginning is actually a knife stabbing into a watermelon. Okay. <laughs> uh, so John Carpenter, what he was doing the cast, was hoping that he could get Peter Cushing or Christopher Lee to play Dr. Loomis, but okay. they were unable to, and then he was thrilled that Donald Pleasance agreed to play the role. Yeah, he. I think he was perfect. Oh, yeah, for sure. So all the actors wore their own clothes since there was no money for costume department. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis said that she went to J.C. Penney for her wardrobe, and she spent less than $100, $100 on the entire set. <laughs> Shout out to J.C. Penny. Yeah. So originally, Nick Castle um, was just on the set to watch the movie be filmed. It was at the suggestion of John Carpenter that he took up the role of Michael Myers. So they kind of lucked into that too. <laughs> Wait. So how? Like, how does that happen? Like, hey, dude, you want to be in the movie? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Um, so this movie was selected in 2006 for preservation at the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. And it is uh, considered culturally, his- culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Which, I mean, for a long time until, what, 1999 when Blair Witch Project came out, that it was the most um, profitable uh, independent movie of all time. Oh, yeah, I remember talking about that. And that is all I have for the trivia. When you were talking about the uh, stabbing thing, one thing yeah. I forgot to mention was, have you ever thought about how it's a little, I mean, I understand why they did it, but when you stop to think about it, how weird it is that at the beginning when he's stabbing, they show him stabbing, like it's his perspective stabbing, and then he looks at his hand in motion, Yeah, where it's just kind of like, I know why they did that, but to stop and kind of think about it of if somebody actually did that, that would be super weird. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm looking at my hand. I'm not I'm not controlling my hand. Why is this why is this happening <laughs> like this? <laughs> yeah, I wanted that too, unless you just wanted to like see the aftermath of it. Yeah. I don't so. know. I don't I've I've listened to and watched like a fair amount of like podcasts and documentaries about serial killers. So mm-hmm. something like that really wouldn't like surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either, but I just hadn't, uh, I just kind of noticed and thought about it this time. So, yeah, I always wondered that too, watching this. One other question I had too was when you were talking about the budget, wasn't there like a big thing to do about budget going into the house? Yeah, because they had to like, uh, the Myers house, they had to like rebuild part of it. (laughs) Yeah, because was it, it was first run down like it was for the end of the movie and then they rebuilt they fixed it for the beginning scene yeah something like that yeah so it's just like what how much budget did they have for anything else i don't know <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure the actress were given next to nothing um yeah i'm pretty sure that jamie lee curtis got about ten thousand dollars for a role which is pretty hilarious because it's such an iconic role now yeah I mean, it's one she's come back to two times. Mm-hmm. Three I mean, times, honest, if you count Halloween 2, um, the latest one, and Halloween H2O. 
honestly though like the what it did for her paid huge amounts yeah um I, I don't know what you can say about anybody else really in the franchise, but yeah, for her, I mean, it just, she, she got paid over time. Oh yeah. Yeah. The fact that it pretty much launched her career. Okay. So she was, it was reported that she's paid $8,000. Oh gosh. Even less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it wasn't very much in hindsight. Um, but yeah, we can jump right into grades. So I pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you probably guessed these the last time, but what do you think those are? Because they might have changed. Uh, <laughs> I guess they might have, and I definitely don't remember. Um, IMDb 8.7? It is a 7.7. Wow. I overshot it that much. Which uh, still makes it one of the the highest rated horror movies yeah. on IMDb. Hmm. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score, uh, 82%. 96. Ah, dang it. In the, the audience. Direction. Audience, 85%. 89. Ah, close. Yeah, man, 96. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's a great movie, but I'm kind of surprised. Mm. But, um, uh, you know, I guess I'll get my grade first. Uh, it's going to be the same as last time. It's a five out of five for me. <gasps> um, like I said, it pretty much launched the slasher genre, which is like my favorite genre of horror movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it became like the template. Um, man, there's so many ripoffs of Halloween. Uh, me and Friday 13th is kind of a ripoff of it. But not like super bad, but there's movies like Offerings, which is one of them. Okay. Complete another rip off of this. Escape mental patient goes back to his hometown and kills people. <laughs> and you know, this kind of started the, my favorite uh, cliche in the slasher of every town seeming to have a psych ward. Oh yeah, I remember talking. We're just that. like, here's his mental institution in a small town. Every single one of them has him in the '80s. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I can't give it anything at less than a five. It's one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah, for sure. I honestly feel like it'd be kind of funny if they they did a spoof on this. I, I don't know if anybody has, but I could totally see a spoof on it where they just make it more funny and uh, Doctor Loomis is just trying to chase down Michael Myers so that he takes he takes his medication. <laughs> Take your medication. <laughs> I don't know. It's but it's not Michael Myers. It's Mike Myers. <laughs> and then Myers is spelled like uh, Meyer the store. <laughs> Mike Meyer <laughs> which is definitely a regional joke <laughs> if you're from the mid east or the um midwest then yeah yeah you might understand that yeah all right um my grade um well so last time i gave it a 4.5 um and i've kind of changed a little bit how i give my grades o- over time i used to do it in a broad of like you know how would if i give this a five out of five that means everybody should see it i think everybody would like it blah blah, blah. i'm kind of scoping that down um focusing that down more into the genre mm-hmm. of it too so i am actually going to be changing my score mm-hmm. uh, and i'll give it a five out of five because right. i am not a horror movie buff, scary movie buff, slasher movie buff, uh, like you are, Brandon. Um, so I definitely don't have as much of a background to go on this, but what I have seen, this is my favorite scary movie so far. Brock. 
Uh, I just think it's well done, even for how old it is, that it can it is still enjoyable. They pace it really well. Um, there are there are some parts that slow, but honestly, like the first time you see it, you really have no idea when anything's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's kind of what affected me a little bit the second time watching it because when they tease you on when something might happen, I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So it was kind of like, meh. But the first time, I, I honestly had no idea. So every time I was paying close attention because you never knew when something was going to occur. Mm-hmm. So if somebody um, is not very familiar with the scary movie genre and is open-minded to checking it out, I think that this is kind of like, I, I mean, like I said, for my short list, this is at the top of it, uh, just with how well done it was. So always, always some room for some small improvement, but... I mean, I don't think there's really anything out there that I would call a perfect movie, but this is worth five rock, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what you think next time with um, Halloween 2, because it's one of the very few sequels that picks up like directly after the first one, mm-hmm. where it's like the same night and a continuation of the story. Yeah. And like the first time I saw that, that really impressed me. Um, we also get to find out right at the beginning of it that Tommy Doyle's neighbor doesn't know what death is. <laughs> <laughs> With one of my favorite Lo- Loomis moments, but we'll get to that next time. So until then, be kind and rewind.